Hello and welcome to CBS Radio Mystery Theater from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. The CBS Radio Mystery Theater presents... There's a famous, if ancient, phrase written by the Latin poet Virgil, Timeo Danaos Dona Ferentes. Translation, Beware the Greeks Bearing Gifts. This would seem to contradict another, perhaps older saw, Never Look a Gift Horse in the Mouth. The story I bring you relates to both of these, but in the end, you will have to decide which is closer to the truth. It's the burglar alarms, Nancy. Where are you going? To turn off that racket. Oh, no, you're not. The alarms didn't go off by themselves, Ted. What have you got to protect yourself with if if there's actually someone else in the house? Our mystery drama, The Gift House was written especially for the Mystery Theater by Ian Martin and stars Joyce Gordon and Paul Hecht. I'll be back shortly with Act One. Until six months ago, she was one of the lucky ones. Her name was Nancy Ryan. She had come from the Midwest to conquer the theater and miraculously landed in the chorus of a top hit as a dancer. She thought then she was pretty lucky. Then she met Ted Pryor, a reporter for the New York World Sun, and having married him, knew she was the luckiest girl in the world. Three months after they were married and her pregnancy was confirmed, she had no doubt that the whole world was her oyster. Then... Life decided to redress the balance. Oh, what? Oh, where, where are we? Oh, oh, turn it off, Ted. What? The alarm, honey. Oh, yeah, sure. Oh, I'm sorry about that. <sighs> I love you. Good morning. I love you, too, but... Oh, dear. What is it? Oh, same old morning problem. Comes with being pregnant. I'll see you later. Oh, Nancy, what have I done to you? And what are you going to do when you hear the bad news? Feel better, honey? Mm, No problems. It's the way girls are built. The baby's great. Well, that's good. Come here. That's nice. Let's snooze a little, huh? Oh, Ted, we can't. You'll be late at the paper. Oh, uh, that's all right. They're, uh, they're not expecting me this morning. What? What? Who? Oh, where? Who's it? It's not the alarm this time, darling. It's the phone, dummy. Here. I'll get it. No, 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 it's okay. It's okay, I have it. Hello? 
Good morning. I trust I didn't disturb you. No, no, no. That's that's all right. Um, uh, who who is this? Oh, my name is G. Wellington Montgomery. I am a solicitor. Would I be talking to Mr. Edward Pryor? Um, yeah, yeah. This is Ted Pryor. Well, happy to make your acquaintance. But actually, I I think it's your wife I wish to speak with. Was she the former Nancy Ryan? Uh, yeah, 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 I guess so. From Ponca City, Oklahoma? Uh, that's right, yeah. Nancy Evans, right? Uh, no, no, wait, wait a minute. Uh, Mr. Montgomery, w- what is all this about? Well, I think perhaps it would be better if I talked to your wife directly. I may have some information for her that would be greatly to her benefit. Yes, Mr. Montgomery, I understand. Oh, I certainly will. Just let me talk it over with my husband. Oh, of course. I'll get back to you as soon as I can and let you know our plans. Thank you. Well, can I know just what this is all about? Well, but didn't you hear? Well, yes, some uncle of yours or relative or whatever he was died and uh, left you something? That's or... right. Oh, I forgot he was even around. He was a cousin or something of my mother's. I never even met him. But, honey, he's left me everything as his sole heir. What's everything? Well, just an old house, I guess. Mr. Montgomery said there was only a couple of hundred dollars in cash. Where is the house? Kukuntuk. How's that again? Kukuntuk. It's an Indian name. Oh. It's not that far away. It's right out on Long Island near Montauk. Is that where this Montgomery lawyer is at? Yes. I mean, he lives in Montauk. Oh. So, uh, what happens now? Well, there are papers to sign giving us title to the house and all that. And once that's all cleared away, it's ours to do whatever we want with. Uh, yeah, uh, yours. Well, what, what do you mean mine? Everything we have, we share. Yeah, well, uh, that's the trouble. What do you mean, Ted? I, um, I haven't anything to share as of now. Honey, I still don't understand. No, of course you don't. You see, um, uh, you see, darling, I um, I don't have a job. I, I I mean, I haven't had one for almost two weeks. <gasps> the paper fired you? Well, it's just that circulation's fallen off. <laughs> Last in, first out. That was me. I mean, how do we swing this apartment with no one working? Afford a baby and come up roses. I think we better do what the lawyer suggested. Like what? Like, rather than try to do all this by mail, we drive out to Kukantuk and take a look at the house I inherited. Sure. Great. What are we driving? Well, a rental car. Okay, honey. Pack your fancy duds. We're on our way. Hey, this is the life, eh? Oh, Ted, it's beautiful. Ah, too bad it isn't real summer. Well, it's Indian summer. That's even better. Just look at all the trees. Mm. They're a riot of color. Uh Uh-oh. What is it? Looks like your color is going to be blotted out. Patches of fog ahead. Oh, dear. I hope it doesn't get any thicker. Where are we now? Well, we just went through Amagansett. We should be there in half an hour. Oh, What's wrong, honey? Oh, I, I don't know. You cold? You want me to uh, roll up the window? No. No, I, I'm not cold. It, it's just... Just what? Oh, my mother used to call it a 
ghost walking over your grave. Oh, Ted, I, I, I just had this nutty premonition we shouldn't go any further. We should turn back and run. Without even seeing the house? Well, I, I told you it was nutty. Guess you'll just have to excuse a pregnant old lady. Certainly, I'm grateful the fog lifted. Now you can see the house Chris left you. Oh, well, I'm grateful, too, Mr. Montgomery. Um, what do you think, Ted? Well, it's bigger than I thought. <laughs> sure is a screwball joint, though. Oh, but, honey, it has a quaint and, I don't know, individual charm. <laughs> you could say that, all right, Mrs. Pryor. Individual why Chris built this house up from the ground with his own hands. Excepting for the help he got from Pete Prouty and old Amos Covey, rest his soul. Uh, are they dead, too? Like my uncle? Oh, Ed Scobie died 30 years ago, maybe. But Pete Prouty's still spry. Wasn't my uncle Chris ever married? Oh, 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 oh. he was married, all right. Sourest apple ever came out of the barrel. Never would live in this house with him, hold up in a little apartment she had in Montauk. Made him stay there with her. You mean he never used the house? Oh, he used it, all right. Excuse to get away from her. I'd say Chris Evans spent the better part of 40 years building this house just so he could be with his cronies and a jug of wine to keep from remembering he was married to the sorriest excuse for a woman the good Lord ever devised. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm sorry, my dear. I... I'm afraid I'm not giving your house a very good name. Oh, I don't know. I think my uncle had good reason to love it. There must be a magnificent view from the cliff here when it's not foggy. All the way to Portugal, Europe. It's like another world. Hey, look down there, Nancy. There's a nice little sandy beach. Mm. It's good for swimming because it's sheltered from the big Atlantic seas. And a fine natural harbor. Chris used to move a catboat down there. And he... Uh-oh. There's something wrong, Mr. Montgomery? Yes, wind shifted. It'll bring the fog back. Besides, it's after sunset and the light goes fast these four days. If you want to see anything in this house of yours, we'd better get on with it. Hey, is that a, is that a car in the garage there? Yeah, that's Sir Chris's old Packard station wagon. Runs like a dream. Or at least it did up to the day he died. Well, is that part of my inheritance? Sure is. Now, uh, we'll have to go around the side of the house. The front door's on the lee side. Okay. Hey, isn't that a kitchen door right next to the garage? That's what it is. But uh, we can't get in that way. It looks as though you have enough keys there to open everything. <laughs> I surely do. But there's only one that's important. This fella. <laughs> what a funny, fat little key. What's it for? Burglar alarm. Burglar alarm. You have any robberies around here? Oh, not so you'd notice. Nobody's got that much to spiel. <laughs> but Chris, he's... He's not only got one system, but two. A backup in case the first one fails. Well, what was he afraid someone might be after? And if you ask me, I think he put him in to keep his wife out. <laughs> I don't think he ever used them after she up and died. Well, here we are. That's the alarm. And now for the door. I was the one who put the alarms back on while the house was standing empty, just in case. <laughs> now, now, watch your step. Mm -hmm. It's kind of dark here in the hall. Uh, living room's to the left. Uh, I'll get some light. 
Oh, sakes alive. What's happened? The whole room is torn apart. Somebody was sure looking for something. It looks as if a hurricane went through here. What about the rest of the house? We'd better have a look. at all the damage. Fortunately, there is some insurance. I'll get busy on that first thing in the morning. Yeah, what I'd like to know is that what whoever it was was looking for must have been something pretty valuable. Oh, couldn't have been anything like that. I've handled Chris Evans' affairs all my life. And I tell you, he was a man who lived up to every penny he made. And to that, he never made much more than pennies. Well, then why would anyone have done all this damage? Well, what I said from the first. I don't know what young people are coming to these days. Vandalism. Sheer vandalism. But uh, that's beside the point for the moment. First things first. Now, uh, obviously, you can't stay here tonight as you planned. Of course we can stay here. The place is a shambles, Nan. Well, darling, the big bedroom with the foam mattress, that's not damaged too badly. And there are plenty of sheets, I saw. We have all the food we brought along in the cooler, and there's even some instant coffee in the kitchen. We'll make out. Well, now, if you're sure... Oh, of course I am. Uh, Mr. Pryor? Whatever Nancy wants, Nancy gets. Well, then, that fog's getting pretty thick. Might be a good idea for you to stay put. <laughs> well, I'll be in my office all tomorrow morning. I'll wait for you to get in touch with me. Goodbye, now. <laughs> the alarms. Well, well, where are you going? I'm going to turn off that racket. Oh, no, you're not. Are you crazy? You've got nothing to defend yourself with. Those alarms didn't go off by themselves, Ted. There's someone else in the house. Which one of us has not wakened at some time in the middle of the night to that gagging feeling of the heart in the throat and the spine-chilling belief that an intruder was violating the privacy of our home. It never turns out to be true, of course, or seldom, but just suppose one time it did. I shall return shortly with Act Two. Whatever present or imagined terror might be stalking the house, there was a point at which even Nancy had to agree with Ted that the awful jangle and scream of the burglar alarms simply had to be stilled. Once Ted armed himself with a heavy wrought iron doorstop, Nancy was persuaded to allow him to go downstairs and turn them off. It just doesn't figure, Nancy. What, Ted? The two of us have checked every window, every door, every contact in the house, and everything is sewed up tight. What could have set off the alarm? Well, couldn't it have, you know, short-circuited? Well, possibly. Except after I turned it off, I, I flicked it back on, and, and it was operating fine. Well, what does that mean? Well, I don't know. Maybe a speck of dust, a, a leak, a bird flew against the window too hard. I don't know. I... I don't want to speculate on anything else. Oh, Ted, you mean like someone really tried to break in? Well, if he did, he didn't make it. We've searched this house from top to bottom. We know there's only the two of us. 
Well, now what do we do? We have no phone to call for help, but uh, we do have a nice stout bolt on the inside of our bedroom door. <laughs> hey, let's go crawl back into bed. Hmm? Lock the door, pull the covers over our head, and cross our fingers we can get what's left of a good night's sleep. the coffee, Ted? Uh, the coffee will do. How about us? Well, I'm still trying to think it through. What's wrong with this house? Uh, you got me. But something's off the beam. You know, I think we should bail out, get back to New York, put it up for sale. Oh, in this condition, who would buy it? But it isn't only that. Just think what we could make of this place, honey. Given a little time. You'd want to live here? Well, just till the baby comes and I can get back to work. It would solve our financial bind. What's that? Relax, honey. This time it's someone who's asking to come in. It's, it's the front doorbell. Oh. Now, stay where you are. I'll get it. Morning. Name's Prouty. Peter Prouty. I'm the nearest neighbor right down the hill. Oh, good morning, Mr. Prouty. I'm, uh, I'm Ted Pryor. I saw you drive up last evening with that lawyer fellow from Montauk. Uh, Montgomery? You fixing to buy this place? Um, well, well, no, not, not exactly. My, um, my wife inherited it. From Chris Evans? I didn't know he had any relatives. You, you knew Mr. Evans? All my life. Me and him is just like that. Uh, so, no wonder the place was not for sale. You, uh, thinking of selling? Why, uh, I don't know. We, we just got here. I got some worried last night when I heard the alarms go off. I got my shotgun, came up the hill, but then the noise stopped. And then I just checked you out this morning. All right? Oh, sure, sure, sure. I don't know what happened to the alarm system. Maybe some animals set it off. It was kind of weird. Uh, a lot of weird things been happening up here since Chris passed on. I don't understand. Well, anyway, would you uh, would you care to come in and uh, meet my wife? Perhaps join us in a cup of coffee. There, there are some questions you might be able to answer for us. And in spite of all the damage, you don't believe that someone broke in here? No, no, I I don't. Well, now how can you say that when you see the mess? What I think is maybe someone tried to get out. Get out? Who? Uh, ghost. Ghosts, maybe. <laughs> That's all we need now to find out that this place is haunted. Oh, I don't believe in ghosts. There's no matter believing or not, little lady. This one just is. Maybe old Chris himself, too. What do you mean, just is? Martha, his wife. She come a whiffling and a snuffling around here three years back. The anniversary of her death, it was. In the fog. We had a real pea super that weekend. All you could do was see the nose in front of your face. Like last night. <laughs> Bless you. It was just a whisk. The real ones wrap around you like a blanket. Uh, maybe a shroud. Anyways... That Saturday night, Chris and me was sitting right here at this kitchen table. 
for him to see now. When... Oh, oh, what was that? You didn't think you'd get away from me. You didn't think you'd get away. That's Martha. Oh, can't be Martha. She's dead. But not peaceful in the grave. Uh, Where where is she? I I can't see her. Is is she a a ghost? Why not? She she haunted me all her life. Why shouldn't she now? She's, She's dead. I'll haunt you till you're buried. You and your cheap women. You stole my pride. You stole my life. But I will have my revenge. Stop her, please. Hold her back. I can't. I, I don't see her. Where? There. With, with the knife in her hand. Look out. Die. Die. Next time I'll get you. Next time. She, she tried to kill me. Oh, don't talk nonsense. There was no one here but us. If there wasn't, what's that? Driven into the wall. Halfway up to the haft. It was the big kitchen knife from Martha's old apartment in Montauk. Still vibrating from the force that drove it deep into the paneling. But you didn't actually see this ghost... No, not that time. But other times I saw her floating in the mist, her hair hanging down her back. And nights when the fog would blow in, I'd hear her voice on the wind and see the lights dimly flashing from room to room till Chris would come up pelting down the hill to my place to hide. He put in the alarms to try to shut her out. But it didn't do any good. How did Martha, uh, Mrs. Evans, die? In her bed. Of what? Heart congestion, they called it. She was all alone. Yeah. Where was Uncle Chris? Lucky thing for him, the fog was so heavy that night, he stayed over with me. Else he might have been accused of helping her along. Although no one would have blamed him if he had. But he was with you all that night. That's what I told the police. And Chris, my uncle, how did he die? He cut his throat. Or had it cut for him. Oh, good heavens. What a lot of bosh. Peter Prouty is the town drunk. And he's a bigger gossip than most women. Well, then how did Uncle Chris die? Well, now, I'm afraid there's some truth to the bloody details. I I must confess to you that Chris was always eccentric. But during his last years, he had crossed the border into senility. The uh, drinking didn't help. He and Pete were always a few sheets to the wind. The Lord knows what wild fancies they hallucinated between them. But you still haven't told me how he died. Well, I'm... uh... I'm afraid he cut his wrist, my dear. Oh. So no one could have been responsible for his death except himself. That's right. And his wife? Oh, she outlived all our expectations. She had a very bad heart for years. Well, that's a relief. And you say, Mr. Montgomery, you've checked with the insurance and the damage is all covered? Absolutely. 
The adjuster's coming by tomorrow to estimate costs. But uh, I can handle that for you. Why? Well, uh, aren't you going back to the city? Oh, Ted is. I'm not. What? Well, you know we have to get the rental car back. Yeah, no, no, why don't you come back with me, darling? Because I'm going to be a very busy girl. I want to see the adjuster, and Mr. Montgomery's going to help me to have Uncle Chris's car put in condition. I'm going to drive it in tomorrow so we can pack up and get out of that apartment before we get socked any more rent. Now, Nancy, you're in no condition... I feel fine. And the sooner I get settled in my own house, I can really enjoy having this baby. Darling, now's the time. We need a roof over our heads. Yeah, besides, if there is anyone around here looking for something spelled M-O-N-E-Y, maybe we ought to be finders keepers. Oh, if there was, it would be peanuts. Oh, Chris used to make some two-dollar bets on the horses. And if he won, he, he had the habit of folding a ten or a five into old newspapers in the cellars and forgetting all about it. <laughs> I helped him find money one. Ah, you think that's why the house was broken into, huh? Well, now, I was mulling it over in my mind, and I thought that could be the reason. You know how stories grow, particularly with a solitary person like Chris. But if money is the motive, which is tying you to the house... I beg you to forget it. You'd only be disappointed. I still don't feel right about it, Nancy. Oh, don't be silly, darling. I'll be safe as a church with my double burglar alarm. Oh. Anyway, if anyone is looking for anything, it's not for me. Well, that's where you're wrong. I am. Oh, hey, that's my line. I'm going to find what I'm looking for when I drive to New York tomorrow afternoon. Now, I'll see you at the apartment, and if there's any hang-up, I'll phone you. You don't have a phone. Well, not tonight, but Mr. Montgomery's arranged for them to connect it in the morning. Now, come on. It's beginning to get dark. Goodbye, Don. Goodbye. Go to bed. Get a good rest. I'll do that, little thing. Drive carefully. Well, not to worry. I wish I was as brave as I'm pretending to be. Hello, Miss Pryor. <gasps> oh! Oh, you... You gave me a start, Mr. Prouty. Where, where did you drop in from? Well, I was out for a walk, and I thought I saw you preparing to leave. Uh, no, only my husband. You planning to stay a while? More or less permanently. Uh-huh. In spite of what I told you? Pete, you are a big teller of tall tales. I think you get carried away by your own imagination. Well, it could be. Still and all, I wouldn't like to see you in any danger. Me? What danger could I be in? Are you trying to chase me away from here? Oh, perish the thought. I was just concerned about you. A little woman all alone with no one to protect her. I can manage by myself, thank you. Uh, of course you can. But you batten down all the hatches and old snug. Looks like we're in for a real northeaster. Oh, listen to that wind.
get trapped in the bedroom. Turn off the alarm. Why did I stay here? Too late. Stay where you are. Martha! What are you doing with that knife? I said that none of you Jezebels would have him. No. Not by Chris. seems to have come to a climax. If we had not allowed ourselves to become involved, we might pretend to be totally disengaged and say, how does the heroine of such tales allow herself to become so involved? But since we have followed her this far and permitted her to be involved, the question is, how does she escape? We won't know that, of course, until I return with the conclusion in Act 3. is alone, just wakened from the depths of sleep. The wind roars around the exposed house on the heights above the raging waters, and everything is filtered through the miasma of the drifting fog. Through its half-light, a menacing figure, long hair streaming, looms the reincarnation of Chris Evans' long-dead wife, a kitchen knife held high to strike down at Nancy. And as the voice cries out... coming in, and I heard you. What happened? I don't know. I, I don't know. Martha, all those people... Darling, they... darling, there's, it's all right. It's all right. There's, there, there's nobody here but us. It, it must have been a nightmare. Are, 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 are you okay for a minute? Where are you going? I'm just going to turn off the alarms. It's all right. I, I, I'm right here. Okay. All right. Here we are now. Let's go into the kitchen and... Sit down a minute, all right? Oh, Ted. What are you doing back here? Well, I drove as far as I could, man, but the, the fog was impossible. I, I decided I'd better feel my way back here, but what, what, what's been happening? Oh, everything was... Everything was all right when I went to bed. But that little screwball, Pete Prouty, came by just after you left, and he went on and on about ghosts and blood and... Oh, I, I didn't pay any attention at the time, but I, I suppose he fixed all that nonsense in my mind. I'll wring his neck when I see him again. Well, maybe you ought to wring mine for being a prize goose. I, I went to sleep, but then I woke up and I, I heard all these voices and I was sure someone was in the house. Well, there couldn't have been. I set off the alarm when I came in. I know, but I can't tell you how real it was. Ted, I, I, I saw, I, I saw... Saw what? There was a, a figure, a woman with long hair and a knife in her hand, and, and she, she said she was going to kill okay, me. Okay, okay, look, take it easy, will you? Oh, I feel like such a fool. 
It's not like me to imagine things. Now, look, it's it's this house and, 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 and your condition. Look, we've got to get out of here, no, Nancy. No, I didn't imagine it, Ted. I'm not that much of a ninny. Something funny is going on here. But it's not supernatural. Do you know what I think? Someone's trying to run us out of this house before we find out what its secret is. Ted? Ted? I, I, I'm downstairs, darling. I, um, I didn't know you were up. Oh, what are you doing? Well, I... I woke up this morning. I couldn't get back. Uh, couldn't get back to sleep. I I didn't want to wake you, so I thought I'd sort of scout around. Well, scout around for what? What I finally found. What? Come on, come on. Let me show you a couple of things. All right. Uh, for openers, let's take a look at this on the hall linoleum. Well, it's a footprint. Yep, somebody's shoe. But see, see all those squiggly marks inside the outline. Oh, neither of us have anything like that. Right, go to the head of the class. That's the kind of print a Storm or a, or a Wellington boot might make. Now, uh, look at this. Mm-hmm. Uh, nothing shows up on the rug, but right here, mm-hmm. beside this back hall closet, there's a heel mark with the same pattern. Someone was hiding in the closet. No, because there was no dampness or trace of mud on the rug. Well, then it all doesn't add up. Well, it didn't until I turned back the rug... And looked underneath, like this. <gasps> a trap door. Mm-hmm. Well, where does it go to? Let's open yeah, it. No, no, I've already checked it out. It leads to a short staircase down to a long, twisting tunnel that descends into a cave that lets out onto the beach. So that's how they were able to get into the house without tripping the burglar alarm. They or he? You mean... Pete Prouty? Or Mr. Montgomery, or persons unknown. Anyone who didn't want us to settle in this house. Why? Because of whatever they were looking for. But, but what? Oh, now, who is it? Oh, I, I think that's Mr. Montgomery with the insurance man. Well, now, I, I feel the insurance company offered a very fair settlement. As your lawyer, I'd advise you to agree to it. Well, we think it was fair, Mr. Montgomery. And I think the house can be put back together very nicely with the money they'll pay. Well, certainly in shape to sell, which, uh, if you'll forgive me, is what I urge you to do. Uh, Mr. Montgomery, I'm going to be very frank with you. There's, um, there's something in this house someone wants. <laughs> I hope you're not suggesting it could be me. Oh, I give you my word. I had no idea there was any other access to this house than through the keys that were left in Chris Evans' effects. And I can't imagine what he could have had that was of any value beyond the house itself. Even knowing about the secret passage? Now, what was it for? Oh, my guess is it was built in the 30s when everyone was doing a little mild rum running during Prohibition. But I don't imagine there was a fortune in that. Then you don't think Uncle Chris could have amassed any money? My dear, I knew Chris Evans as well as my own brother. And I assure you, there's no way he could have amassed any secret amounts of money. <laughs> Unless he'd won the Irish sweepstake. And you can't exactly keep that a secret. Uh, 
Hello, Pete. Uh, good morning, Miss Pryor. I come up a little earlier to see how you were, but then I saw you had business, so I backed off. Oh, that was Mr. Montgomery and the insurance man for the damage. Are you going to take care of it? Oh, yes. Well, I, uh, I just want to check up on you. Having to spend a night alone in the house. Um, as it happened, she didn't. Uh, I came back. Well, now, that's a surprise. Is it? Don't know what you mean. You have a pair of storm boots? Wellington style? I've got several. You see some pretty rough winters. Uh, why? Did you know there was a secret passage from the back hall closet all the way down to the beach? Why, Dad, I most forgot that. It's been sealed up for most 20, 25 years. How did you and my uncle meet? Oh, that was a long time ago. My family were fishermen, but I thought I ought to give show business a whirl. That's how I met Chris. He was the electrician in the first theater I got a job in. You were an actor? <laughs> kind of. I had an act in vaudeville. Well, I was the one coaxed him out here to Montauk. I helped him build this house. I always felt it was kind of part mine. Is that why you used the old passage from the beach to break in and tear it apart? He should have left the house to me. It was half mine. I'm even willing to buy it from you. If you give me a decent price. Why, Pete? What are you looking for here? Oh, uh, Nothing. Just my due. Oh? And what's your due? The money. If there was any. But now I've looked for it everywhere, I... I know there isn't any. It was probably just another Chris's big lies. So I'll, uh, See you around. Well. I guess that's that. Mm. Disappointed? No. All I ever wanted was the house free and clear. <laughs> Seems to be that way. Now all we have to do is to figure out how we can keep it that way. Well, I refuse to worry about that now. Oh, it's such a lovely day. Oh, but... who's this? Well, it can't be the contractor this fast. <laughs> Mrs. Nancy Evans Pryor? Uh, yes. A.Q. Sprit. I.R.S. Internal Revenue Service. Oh, Oh, well, how do you do, Mr. Sprit? Um, this is my husband, Ted Pryor. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> Taking a little time to catch up with you, Mrs. Pryor. Are you the sole heir of Christopher Xavier Evans? Oh, I never knew Uncle Chris's middle name. Well, now you do. I checked already with Montgomery, your lawyer. Now, let me see, uh... On the 14th of April this year, Mr. Evans laid off a three-way parlay at Battleground Racetrack on the dogs. The dogs? Yes. Racing type. Like horses. Oh. Said parlay paid off on a $10 bet at 2500 to one, making a return of 250000 fully taxable by the federal income tax. My uncle won all that money on a dog race? It happens, ma'am. Not very often, but it happens. You've got to be lucky. And you didn't collect the tax on it? That was a slip-up in our Florida office. Happens, too. But we catch up. So, 
I'm here to collect it. Well, how much? With penalties and interest, figure about 125. Thousand? That's how we like to round it off. No, we haven't any money like that. All my uncle left was his house. So I gather from your lawyer. So that if there isn't any money, I guess we'll just have to possess the house. I'm sorry. That's the law. We all packed, Nancy? It didn't take long. We scarcely moved in. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm the one who should be sorry. At least if I had an inheritance, it shouldn't have been a minus. (laughs) A quarter of a million dollars. No wonder Pete was ready to tear the house apart to find it. Only he didn't. I hate to leave it. Damaged goods as it is, it's a house. And I'm going to have a baby. And I'd like to have started him off, at least, in a real home. I know, Nan. Just don't push it. I can't help it, Ted. I... I know. Somehow, I... I just know Uncle Chris wanted someone to be happy here. Only, something went wrong. What are you talking about? Well, his will was made long before he took his life. That was an impulse. I think he would have wanted us to know what he did with the money, but... He just forgot at the last moment. Yeah, if he hadn't already spent it. You know what I feel terrible about? No, what? That I couldn't just have put things in shape while <laughs> I was here. Well, that's the little homemaker in you. At least taken down these sleazy, dirt-stiff old drapes and washed them. Gosh, they feel as if they'd been starched. They're so fil... Star- starched. What is it? Ted. Yeah? Get me a kitchen knife. Quick. Okay. What for? Uh, Mr. Montgomery said that Uncle Chris had a habit of stashing away his racing winnings between newspaper pages. Well, how about sewing them in between a curtain drape and the lining? Oh, here's the knife. Oh, good. Uh, just let me cut this running basting stitch. There. Well? Ted. What? A $100 bill. <laughs> Another one. <laughs> three stuck together. <laughs> oh, Ted, darling. We're not only going to make Uncle Sam rich, but we're going to be the same. And hang on to the house, too. So, at the end of this tale, we can return happily to the positive proverb. Never look a gift horse in the mouth. For a while, it seemed as if Nancy Pryor had stumbled into misfortune. But instead... She came out with the luck of the Irish. I'll return shortly. A year brings many changes. Peter Prouty died, unlamented, of acute alcoholism. Christopher Evans has a namesake in a fine baby boy born to Nancy and Ted. Ted has a job with the county newspaper, and the family has settled down to enjoy the local society, into whose circle they have been welcomed after being sponsored by Mr. Montgomery. Nancy Pryor would be the last person to subscribe to Virgil's warning, beware the Greeks bearing gifts. May everyone be so lucky. Our cast included Joyce Gordon, Paul Hecht, Robert Dryden, and Ian Martin. The entire production is under the direction of Hyman Brown. This is E.G. Marshall inviting you to return to our mystery theater for another adventure in the macabre. 
Until next time, pleasant dreams. <laughs> 